Hello and welcome to Grace Life Stellenbosch. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. Amen. So I don't know about you, but I was really blessed by our recent series on um, the resting place and how we were like sort of engaged in becoming more acquainted with the resting place and it's not somewhere we're going or something we're looking for, it's really God is at rest in us. Um, and that's something we need to wake up and realize to you and um, if you haven't uh, gotten what you needed from that, like just listen um, online, amen? We put it all on our website, it's all online. But then I'm sort of always excited to not finish the series but to start something new, amen? So I've been thinking about, like, I'm not done with rest, really, but I think we're going to repackage it a bit. So what we want to talk about today is the cloud of witnesses. Okay, the cloud of witnesses. And if you know me, we're going to, we're going to go through the Bible quite a bit. Amen? So you need to maybe do this. Warm up your fingers. <laughs> Open your eyes. Make out notes if you're going to make notes. Because um, one thing you're going to have to do, I promise you, after today is you're going to have to go check me out. Not like in me, but what I said. Amen. <laughs> Etienne was quite bold yesterday, and uh, he spoke about how uh, he is quite something to look at. Amen. I remember the first day that I met Etienne, he was doing announcements in Rhenish, and he says, I'm Etienne Styles Valemzi. And I was like, okay, there we go. <laughs> Not much has changed if you were here yesterday, but um, much has changed in terms of the, the maturity of the word. So Hebrews 12 and verse 1 speaks about this cloud of witnesses. And it speaks about, it says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded, the, the King James speaks about encompassed. Okay, So surrounded is, um, is not just in a one dimension. You must see this as you are in the middle of this sphere, if you will. Like you are surrounded on every side. This is a three dimensional uh, word. By so great, or such a great, great there is large, it's powerful, um, it's, it's, a, 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 it's a word, it's an adjective that, that speaks of how big this thing is. Um, but then what, is we, what are we talking about? We're talking about a cloud. So it is great in terms of quantity and of time. Okay, So it's large, it's many. So there's many witnesses in this, what looks like a cloud. Okay? So he says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily ensnare us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. I want to focus on the first part of the word, this verse this morning. And it says, um, it is an, we are encompassed about, we are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. So just go with me in your imagination. Amen? Who has an imagination? Okay, all the accountants, put down your hands. No, I'm joking. <laughs> if you have an imagination, then we're in trouble. Amen? So, we don't want you to be too imaginative. That's where you want to point someone conservative, okay? Let's move on. I'm <laughs> still in business mode. Let's, for one moment, imagine the picture that the writer of Hebrews is trying to paint with his words, okay? Just for a moment, see yourself encompassed about a great, by a great cloud of witnesses. Now, if that is witnesses, what is witnesses? Witnesses is people. Now, what I was studying out is, in Hebrews 11, it talks about all these people who are the heroes of faith, and then at the end, they actually they go nameless. It's the ones who were 
sawn asunder, like the translation says, they were sawn in two, they lived in caves, they wore skins, they, they were not worthy, the world wasn't worthy of them, that's what it says. But it, actually you can almost count it, so there's like it's Abraham, it's um, Noah, Moses, all these guys are mentioned there, and then what we've done as a church is we've created this hall of faith. And that's absolutely not what Hebrews 11 is about. And I really wanted to share on Hebrews 11 this morning, but I'm not. Okay? I'm just taking a run-up. Because when we get to the great cloud of witnesses, you need to know who we're talking about. Okay? So we are surrounded by people, not just by Old Testament people. Da-da-da. Okay? Some of you might get there. Oh, where's Moses? And where's Elijah? And where's Abraham? And where's, where's my heroes? Amen? He says that we are surrounded by a great cloud and that this cloud is not a cloud and it's really, it's not like it's going to bring physical rain. It is a metaphor. It looks like a cloud, but it's many, many witnesses, many people. Okay? And what is awesome about a cloud, a cloud forms before the rain forms. And it isn't really drops yet. Okay? So you can't really, like the beauty of flying for me, one of the things is I always try and take a window seat. Because I want to look at the clouds. And then I've sat there, I'm like, wow, it's so beautiful. Like, and then you think about someone like Paul, who never had that view. That, like, if you've ever flown, you've experienced more of the creation than what someone like Paul has. Yet he always rejoices. So, what's your excuse? No, I'm joking. <laughs> so we need to think about this. And why can you fly through a cloud? Because you can't really touch a cloud, can you? It's, it's there, but it's not. And like you can't divide it and it moves. It's like organic. And what we're talking then about this cloud of witnesses, it speaks of um, unison. It speaks of dissipated into one. It is one cloud, but many people. Like, so it's not just, and I said it to the team this morning, it's not just what I bring to the service today. It's what we, the cloud, bring to the service. And if you entered in, you've entered into the cloud, and you're not just now looking and, and spectating the cloud, but you're participating. Amen? So how you listen affects how I preach. You might not think it, but you can draw, like the lady draw um, power, so you can draw um, in, in, your, in your hearing, if you will, in the spirit. So the cloud there is a large, dense multitude. The Greek word here is used to denote a great, shapeless collection of vapor obscuring the heavens. Okay? The vapor there, I believe, speaks of spirits if you will. So this cloud, is, it's, it's spirits, and it's all of us, the born-again spirits together, one with Him, one with His Spirit, filling the sky or filling the heaven. Okay, have I lost some of you already? That was just the first sentence of Hebrews 12.1. Okay, so we need to think of why is He using teaching aids when we read the Bible? Because a lot of what, um, like Aniki said, sometimes she can't get this concept across and then God shows her, use this or draw this or take a plate and color this in. Um, when the days when I've had stuff like this up here, then it's always awesome. Like, I just need to think of that earlier than a Sunday morning, I mean. <laughs> but when we read the Bible, it's not always so literal. Because there's a verse in Hebrews 10 where it says that we are all one bread. Okay, now... Who's Batro and who's Margarine? Like, or maybe you Sasco and Albany. Like, no, it's, we're not a bread that we're going to lie down on a slicer now and we're going to give a piece of us to the world. Like, no, we're a bread in the sense of he's using a concept. Okay? So what he's using here in Hebrews 12 is the, is the concept 
of cloud, or a cl in this instance, it's a cloud. Okay. Now, if you want to make a doctrine of something, don't do it, because the doctrines are ready not to be made, but to be found. Okay. We study the word to get doctrine. We don't create doctrine. Okay. There's one doctrine, and it's the doctrine of Christ. But if we want to take a concept like the writer of Hebrews is doing, and he's coming with the idea of a cloud, or he's using this aid, he is not dreaming up new things. He is coming of a basis, and the basis is the Old Testament, and the basis is most often, if not always, the first five books of the Bible. Because the, um, I need to give you some Bible interpretation teaching this morning. How do you read the Bible? Is The first five books of the Bible were written by Moses. Okay? They were read by the prophets. The prophets got revelation of what Moses wrote. So they colored the picture in further. Okay? So the prophecies in the Old Testament are rooted in the books of Moses. And all the books of Moses are rooted in Genesis. Okay? But come to ministry school next year. We'll make it awesome for you. So you need to come up with these ideas that there's a cloud. The cloud doesn't appear in Hebrews. Okay, we can't make a teaching of a cloud in the book of Hebrews. We need to come from the basis. We need to come from the beginning. Amen? Because Jesus is what? He's the beginning and the end. So he's in Genesis and in Revelation, and everything in between is about him. So when we speak about vapor or spirits, this cloud of witnesses, we need to see, okay, this is what the writer of Hebrews says about it. What did Jesus say about it? Because we're going to reverse a bit, and then I'm going to give you some concepts around the cloud, and instances in the word, and then I'm going to tell you what I think it means. Anyone on for the ride? Okay, you ready? You paid your entrance, I hope. I'm joking. <laughs> John 17, 16, Jesus is praying, and Jesus is praying for the disciples, and then he's praying for those who will believe because of the disciples' words. means he prays for you and for me. When does he pray? Before he goes to the cross. Just think about this for a moment again. Take a moment. Use your imagination. Jesus is in the olive press, the garden called Gethsemane, and he's praying, and he's not just praying for himself. He's not praying for the cross only. He's praying for you. Like he prays and he says, those who will believe in the words of the disciples. What a, what a selfless act. Like if there's ever a moment to be selfish, it's before you get crucified, isn't it? But even there, Jesus pours out his life. He says, they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Is a cloud on earth or is it in heaven? It's in the sky. It's not of the earth. Okay? You see my picture? So Jesus is praying and he says, I'm praying for them who's not on the earth, even though they're still in the world. But Paul writes in Colossians, he says, think about things above. Now, he's not saying look around at the clouds. He's speaking about spiritual realities. Amen. But I don't know about you. Often when I look at the clouds, it's easier to get into spiritual realities. Because we're looking up. We're looking into what God is... Um, we're looking away from our problems. Verse 21. He prays and he says that they all may be one. Okay, they pray for unity, for oneness. As you, Father, are in me and I in you. Sounds like a cloud. Like, where does it start? Where does it stop? It's all together. That they also may be one in us. That the world may believe that you have sent me. So our oneness with God is a testimony to the world that Jesus exists. That's why this is important. 
if you realize and grow in the identity of your oneness and your understanding of being one with God, then you are going to be better positioned and equipped and more bold to share the gospel. Because you're not sharing it to become something or to enter into another realm. You're sharing it because you are there. So before the cross, Jesus says, this is how you pray. You pray, as it is in heaven, so let it be on earth. After the cross, that changes because now we are in heaven. Now we say, so let it be on earth. Because Jesus said, all authority where? In heaven and on earth has been given unto me. Therefore you now go. Not go into heaven. And you see, that the problem is, I believe many Christians are just waiting for heaven. We're praying, come Lord Jesus, come. We were just wanting to, to the rapture. Like That's why people are so fixated with those things, because they're always looking in tomorrow. Now Jesus himself said, don't worry about tomorrow. So, like, I don't know what you believe about the rapture. I'm not going to share what I believe about it this morning. But it's in tomorrow. Like, some mornings I get to bed and I, after I've been with Jordan or Bradley and I come to my bed and my wife is raptured. Amen? She's with the other baby. <laughs> so, we don't need to, to, to be... If you believe in, in that in a fear sense, then you're always going to be worried when something like that happens, when you're half asleep. But we need to live for today. Jesus said today has enough troubles of itself. But also, he said, today is the day of salvation. So we're waiting for heaven as the day of salvation, but he says, no, it's today. So we can't just wait for people. If Jesus comes today, how many people go to hell? Worldwide. So why are you praying, come Lord Jesus, come? Jesus said, go. Amen. And when everyone is heard, then he'll come. But we live in that place, and it's actually, if we're dead honest, it's very self-centered. I had enough of my troubles. I want the end. I want to be with Jesus. Yes, you, you are with Him. <laughs> Wake up to that reality and start living from that place. I mean, then you're going to have purpose, and you're going to have a, a reason to get up in the morning. That the world may believe that you have sent me. So, we're looking at this cloud of witnesses. Who are these witnesses? Now, the word witness there is the same Greek word that we find in Acts 1.8. When um, Jesus speaks and he says, you will receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you will be witnesses unto me. Amen? Same word. So we go to Hebrews 12 and we can say that it is believers. It's people who receive the Spirit. Now just because you are a witness doesn't mean you're witnessing. And that's what we're trying to get into you. <laughs> we, we, we don't go into the world to witness because we want to be right with God, we go into the world to witness because the message that we've received that we are right with God is so good that we cannot keep it for ourselves. I mean, that, I don't know who's with me, but that's my reason. That's why I'm here this morning. <laughs> because I have been so impacted and so changed by the goodness of God that I cannot but do this and do this fully. Amen? I've been addicted, like we said last week, to the ministry because it's more blessed to give than to receive. Now, when I got saved, I mean, it was a glorious occasion. Amen? But I received. Now I can give. When Jesus dishes out uh, bread and fish to more than 5,000 people, just think of it. He takes this few pieces, he praises and he thanks God, and then he gives a little piece to Herman, and he says, Herman, feed that row. And he gives another piece to to Jock, and he says, Jock, this is in the middle of my disheveled, but okay. And Sunay, you feed that. Now, what was in Jesus' hands, I believe, got less. I mean, it's technically 
We don't know I mean, <laughs> where the multiplication happens. But if we look at the principle of faith, go and fill the jars and then the wine comes, then it didn't happen just in Jesus' hands. Now, if you were the disciple who told Jesus there's not enough food to feed everyone, and now you go, say, Herman is the faithless one. He says, there's not enough food. No, I said, just give. And now he goes and he gives. There's more. Shall I give two? And you listen, and you look and deal. And then and you look down and... What do you think their expression on their faces are? Do you think they're blessed? Do you think they start smiling? Do you think they grow in boldness? I think by the end they're throwing bread at Paul and Kunrad, you need some and take for your wife and make sure everyone comes. Where is the hungry people? Bring them. But that's not where they started. But it's the goodness of God that leads to the renewal of the mind. If I say repentance, you think something else. But it is what it is. The more we see the goodness of God, and that's why we're going to share the goodness of God, because Jesus, did, the Father did not murder His Son. Amen. I'll give you the answer now, but the world believes that He did, therefore they don't repent. Because how can a good father kill his own son? He can't be good. Because that very same God says He detests the sacrifice of firstborn. The Muslims will say, I can't believe in a good God. Why? Because you believe He's three. We say, no, we don't. No, you use the word Trinity, so He's three. We'll explain that someday. But how can a father kill his son and still be good? So what is the message of the cross? Come back on the 7th or the 13th. Amen. <laughs> the Holy Spirit, power... Now, think about it. You're not in the cloud of witnesses. You hear the gospel of your sins forgiven because of the sacrifice of Jesus, because now you can live forever in Him. You receive the Spirit when you believe the message, and now you are drawn out of the earth and you become a star. That's what I believe. Abraham had many sons and like the dust, and as the stars. So we were all born first, Adam, in the dust, but when we get born again, we become of the second generation. We're of the stars. Amen? We're in the heaven. Now today I'm telling you, you're in the clouds. <laughs> so you come from the earth, and um, I'll show you this in a moment, but you come from the earth, you get born again, and now you live in a new dimension. You receive a spirit, and guess what? It's not just any spirit, it's the very spirit of God. So now where God is, is where? Where God is. I mean, we think it's in heaven, it's another planet. No, it's in the sky. It's in the air. It's like breath. It's like wind. That's how Jesus explains the Spirit. It's like something you cannot touch, but you know it's there. Um, that's how I explain it to Jordan at night. When we put the light out, and I put him to bed, he says, I can only see me. Say, yeah. No, that's not what I say. That's what I think. <laughs> But then I realized there's a teaching moment, and I said to him, yes, but you know I'm here. And then he says, yes. And I say, it's exactly like that with God. You, don't know that he, you can't see Him, but you can sense Him. You cannot convince me that God doesn't exist. You cannot. It is, it is too late. <laughs> I'm too far down the road. I mean, I'm not turning around anytime soon. So what we do is we, we receive the Spirit. Now what is awesome here, we're then brought into this cloud of witnesses, which we become one with God. So you actually lose a little bit of who you are. Because it's no longer one. Now, what is marriage? It's no longer two ones. It's now one. So when we enter into marriage with Christ, it's not me and Jesus, it's now one. 
one cloud, many witnesses. You might not like me. Yeah? That's okay. We're just going to be one for eternity. <laughs> so it's your problem. Amen? You've got eternity to deal with it. So when we get the Spirit, we lay down our lives, isn't it? It becomes less about me and more about Him. It becomes less about my little hooky here, my little dam that I'm trying to keep, or my sea, or my ocean, or my river. Now I just become one with the cloud. Why? Because the cloud now has mobility, and the cloud can go. And this is good stuff, man. I'm not even reading my notes. This is so good, because now we are drawn out of earth, and we're in this dispensation called the cloud in the sky. We're in the spiritual realm, and now we are mobile. Amen? Now we can go places. Now we can, we can go and rain the gospel down on people. We can see growth. We can see fertile. And we can see dry deserts. Like Isaiah 49, I believe it is. And Isaiah 54. You can ask Gunrad. He knows Isaiah better than I do. Um, it says the dry desert places, there's now rivers of water. Why? Because believers went and poured out. What did they pour out? Well, out of their bellies. But your belly is not on earth. Amen? You are dissipated in the air. You are of a higher realm. Think about things above. You see, we, we, we say amen to all these words that I say in silos. That's what I've realized. But it's when I put it together for you, then you often struggle. Not all of you. Some of you have built up some momentum to know that you can expect the unexpected. Amen? Let's go to First Kings. First Kings. Sorry, Nadia. First Kings. 18. First Kings 18.43 So Elijah <coughs> is um, prophesying rain after the drought. And he sends out his servant. You're not excited yet. <laughs> there was a drought before Christ and the Holy Spirit went out to speak to Mary. Amen? Now what happens is, go up now, look towards the sea. So where's the sea? The sea is on earth. Okay, So he went and he looked and he said, there is nothing. And seven times he said, go again. Okay, Just speaks of the fullness of time. 44 says then, and he came back the seventh time. And he said, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand. Raising, rising out of the sea. This is a picture of the incarnate Christ. There is rain coming because there's a small cloud that is not just on earth now, but is risen out of the earth. And here's the first fruits of many brethren. He is the firstborn of the new creation. He is the first one that is no longer son of earth, but now son of God. He came down to earth so that He can draw us with Him up into heaven. There is a cloud as small as a man's hand. Do you think people recognized Jesus the baby? A few people did. Herod was afraid. The wise men from the east, they recognized. The religious people missed it. Amen? Because it was too small, too insignificant. It wasn't in the palace. It wasn't as the world would have done it. Now he says, go and say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Whatever the enemy wants to do, he better do it quickly because the rain is going to stop him. Amen? Because look at the next verse. It says, now it happened in the meantime. 
that the sky became black with clouds and wind. As one were drawn up, now there's many added. Now this cloud of witnesses is growing and growing and growing. And we're laying aside the weight and the sin. And we're leaving all of us behind. We're becoming one with Him and we're becoming heavy. Amen? Heavy with the presence of God. Heavy with the glory of God. Heavy with the power of God. Heavy with the Word of God. We're overflowing. And now we're bringing rain onto the earth. And we end the drought. But not because of us. Because we added into the first cloud. The one who was first. And will be last. Amen? <coughs> I hope that blesses someone. Amen? That blesses me tremendously. So we're looking at the cloud. And now we can see, when we study the cloud from Hebrews 12, we've just gone to 1 Kings. Amen? Where's 1 Kings? It's in the Old Testament, by the way. Okay? Now, we're going back to the New Testament. Luke 24. So Jesus, at the end, before he goes into the cloud, by the way. Anyone excited about that yet? And didn't he say, I'll return with the clouds? Okay, if, we, if the Lord tarries, we'll get there. <laughs> Behold, Luke twenty-four forty-nine. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry you in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Where does the power come from? A different realm. The word endued there means in the sense of sinking into a garment. So who's got a kamerias, a nice thick kamerias? If you're a parent, you need one, amen? <laughs> so my sister bought me a nice kamerias. Uh, what is it in English? A gown. Yeah, kamerias klinket beter, But a gown. So you've got this thick gown and you're cold. And you have this, you're endued with power from on high. So have this picture where you put on, and you see when you see these um, rappers or um, these famous boxers, they usually have a gown that's too big for them. And it's gold and glitter. But it's like, think about the most comfortable gown, like 12 Apostles Hotel, that, the gown they'll give you. Okay? I haven't been there in the rooms, just at the, on the deck. But you take that gown just after you've had a fresh shower or a, a bath, and you, and you pull it over and you just like relax. You are covered by the comforter. You're endued. You're, you've, you've sunk into the Holy Spirit. And now you're empowered. It's a little bit like becoming one with a cloud, isn't it? Think for a moment if you, like we have these pictures of Cupid and Stupid and everyone, like you, you fall into this cloud. Like some people will say a cloud of marshmallows. Amen. <laughs> or a cloud of foam. Like you, you go into a bubble bath. And there's a cloud of foam and you, you sink into that. That's what the Holy Spirit is. Why else would you be called the comforter? I don't know what your picture of Holy Spirit is, but if it's not that, change it. Amen. <laughs> now we, from that place of acceptance, of comfort, now we operate in His power, not our power. Because we're now part of His cloud. We're not trying to make rain. Amen. We are just bringing the rain which He is bringing through us. The passion there says, I will send the fulfillment of the Father's promise to you to stay there in the city until you are clothed with the mighty power of heaven. Amen? Now, you don't need to wait for that anymore. Believer, don't wait to be clothed by the mighty power of heaven. You are clothed by the mighty power of heaven. Now live like it. Hebrews 12, verse 1, the passion says for us, we have all these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. Now, we really need to just check how we're going to go through this. 
So let's look at a few instances of clouds in the Bible. I'll make it quick. Mark 9, 7 says, Then a cloud formed, overshadowing them, and a voice came out of the cloud. So this is the Mount of Transfiguration. Peter messes it up and God needs to fix it. Amen? (laughs) Anyone been there? I've been there. (laughs) And he does it through a cloud. Not thunder, just a cloud, a soft cloud, comfort. It says there's a voice from the cloud. This is my beloved son. Listen to him and obey him. Suddenly they looked around and no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus alone. Why? Because when we enter into Jesus, we dissipate. It's not about Moses. It's not about Elijah. It's about Christ. It doesn't say that he removed them. It just said that they couldn't see him. So we're in the cloud. Who do we look at? Didn't Hebrews 12 go there? Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of faith. So when we're in the cloud, we are, in, um, we, we are consumed with Him. Now, if you're in the mist, some people here, you say that, like I spoke to someone, she says she loves the mist. I do, if I'm not driving. <laughs> the other day I was driving to um, Daniel and Yanka's wedding, and on Solari's Pass, it was dark, it was windy, it was raining, it was misty. And what you do is, like some of us, we, you put on the hazards, because just to make it visible. Now, what I didn't realize is there were three trucks that were stagnant on the pass, and they had the hazards on. Because what do you do when you, you get stuck next to the road, or on the left line, you, you, you put on your hazards. Now, if it's misty, you don't know, still, if this, you, you know there's something, but you don't know if it's moving. But you assume it is. Okay? So it's a good assumption to assume that you're going somewhere if you're in the cloud. If you're stagnant, like some of those trucks were, that brings, like, well, this is not normal. Because Jesus said, go. In the cloud, you don't look at tomorrow. You don't look to the left or to the right. You can't see it. You are just encapsulated by the Holy Spirit. You're one with Him. You're in the comforter. So if He says, let's move that direction, you just go. And you know what? When the Israelites moved in the desert, the cloud... Led the way. So what was that cloud about? So we see the cloud where God shows up on Mount Transfiguration and He speaks from the cloud. We can go to... Okay, let's just not go there yet. Luke 1, 35. And the angel answered and said unto her, Mary, the Holy Ghost shall come upon you and the power of the highest shall overshadow you. Therefore, that Holy One, um, which will be born of you, will be called the Son of God. The Amplified says, the Most High will overshadow you like a cloud. You ever lie on the grass, sunny day, the next moment you're in the shade. You look up and there's a cloud that's come across. That's what the Holy Spirit is, is overshadowing Mary, comforting her, and then she falls pregnant. Amen? Second instance of a cloud. Third instance, Acts 1 verse 9. And after he said these things, he was caught up. Who's that? Jesus. And looked on, and a cloud took him out of their sight. Okay, Passion says, right after Jesus spoke those words, the disciples saw him being lifted into the sky and disappearing into a cloud. Da, da, da. I don't know what your picture of Himmelfart is, but I hope I challenge that today. 
The Aramaic says, a cloud accepted him and covered him from their eyes. It doesn't mean that he disappeared. We think it does. But he just was transfigured. Like on the mountain with a cloud. Because heaven is not a planet. How else can Christ be in you? You see, we say, yes, amen, Christ is in me. But we think Jesus is somewhere else. This is where I knew it would get quiet. Now, I'm not saying that Jesus is not coming back. I'm not saying that. Okay? He is. But from where? Think about it. Because if he's already here, what is he going to come back to? So, yes, we will be changed in an instance and we will have a new form like Jesus, the new resurrected Christ. But we need to get away and do away from this then and there and Jesus follow him mentality. Because Philemon 1.6 says our faith only becomes effectual if we acknowledge what we already have in Christ in the inside of us. So if we keep on waiting, Christian, for when the day Jesus comes, then guess what? The world is dying. And the problem is it's not just the world, it's many Christians as well. We're struggling with anxiety and depression and lack and, 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 and victim-mindedness because we don't realize what we've got. And you think God is good, but it doesn't work, and I prayed and it doesn't work. Well, it doesn't say it's going to work when God shows up. It says it's going to work when you acknowledge that God has shown up. Your faith becomes effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing that is where? Inside of you. Now, I know this is a lot this morning, I'm sorry. <laughs> if we are one, this was our rugby, I can never say it without thinking about first year rugby team. We are one and we are here to stay. And we had this creed that after that you would hit your head against the wall, amen? Because you're so one with this team and we're going to, we're going to cop a stump and we're going to, why? Because like you've got your buddy there and your brother and like if you're in a fight, (coughs) there's someone there with you. Then I get to varsity and I wasn't in a res, I I played for a day res, which doesn't, the word doesn't even make sense because you're not staying there, how can you, you know what it is. And I was standing there and I played, then I played um, flank in high school I played uh, hooker. You remember my IQ was on the back of my shirt. And, um, and I was standing there, and these, this Corsairs was like, I was standing on the, on the line. These worms were standing on the five-meter line, it felt like. They were on the field, like and shouting and intimidating. And, and I was ready to chirp, and, and then I realized, okay, I'm on the wrong side of the field. <laughs> I'm on the wayside, or the, the opposite time, um, the, the, the spectators... I don't think you can call it that, but let's say they're fans. Or... And I looked across to the other side of the field, and remember I was in a day race, so there was like three people. And I was like, I'm outnumbered, I better just shut up. <laughs> and I threw in the ball and like busted my shoulder and we lost the game. But that's a long story. The problem was that we were outnumbered. I didn't know what I was a part of was not enough. So my point is, we are a part of church. We are a part of the body. And if Jesus prayed that we be one with Him like He is with the Father, sometimes I'm going to need Jesus, but most times I'm going to need Jesus in you. The book of James says, if you're sick, call the elders. 
not call God. Why? Because when the elders come, they bring God. When they lay hands on you, it is God's power through them. It's not the elders. And the elders there is not the elderly. It's the mature. Those who understand what they carry. Isn't that a good word to, to say, well, who's an elder in church? Well, those who have gained an understanding of who they have and who they are Amen. in Christ. Because the word says in 1 Corinthians 11 that many people are sick and die. Nah? Why? It gives a reason. For they consider not the Lord's body. Okay, when I said we are all one bread, according to Hebrews 10, you all said Amen. Now we go to 1 Corinthians 11, and I say we don't consider the bread, because I have my miracle sometimes in a believer. Sometimes you're sick and it doesn't work, and you need to call for an elder. People don't consider the Lord's body. They don't realize the power that we have amongst ourselves, in ourselves, so they die. Is God good? Yes. Yes. Why do people die? Because they don't use the goodness of God. They don't tap into the power of God. They don't understand the word. They think it's about confessing sins and not confessing sins and about meats and drinks. Colossians says, those who follow meats and drinks did not profit them. So how do we get past Colossians 2? Sacraments and ordinances did not profit them who were occupied. It says, be focused, be rooted in grace. Not in meats. Food. Not profiting those who are occupied therein. Can you eat in the cloud? Only spiritual food. Remember, you are taken from earth and you're now in the cloud of witnesses. Can you take, if the Israelites had money, they had so much money in the wilderness, they did not know what to do with it. So they made a calf. Why? Because there was nothing to buy. Amen? Because they were in a dispensation, if you will, where there wasn't anything to buy. Now you've been taken up into a dispensation where there's nothing to earn. You've been completed and perfected in Christ, so you cannot add anything. Nothing you do can add to the perfection and the completion of Christ. Otherwise, you cannot read the book of Colossians. You need to to, to scratch it out. Because it says, everything that was in God is in Christ. And He has now made us perfect and complete in Him. Let me give you another one. Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11. Remember, we came from Hebrews... 12. Hebrews 11. Verse. Let's start in verse 37. It makes it colorful. They were stoned. They were sawn asunder. They were tempted. They were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and in caves of the earth. These people sacrificed. These people suffered. These people were not living for the world. But it says in verse 39, And these all having obtained a good report, I believe that is they obtained the gospel promise. 
the gospel message in promise form, the report there, a news report, that's not the message for today, through faith, received not the promise. Okay? Now listen to this. God having provided some better thing for us, that they, who's that? The Old Testament people who believed in the promise to come. Okay? You see that through that, we're speaking of in verse... um, In verse 39, it says that they, having provided some better thing for us, than they without us should not be made perfect. The word perfect, you can study it in the Greek, it means complete. So they were not complete and perfect because they only believed in the promise of what was to come. But now with us, there's something better, and we have now been perfected and completed in the cloud of witnesses. Because that's where Christ is and we're in Him. Come on, that's better than what you guys are looking at me at. The problem is, how many Christians live for the promise? God's going to keep His promise. God's going to keep His promises. And then if He doesn't? I know of someone who was struggling to fall pregnant. And basically became an unbeliever because God is not keeping His promise. And then she fell pregnant. Now I want to hear, what, what now? There's only one promise in the Bible. It's the promise of Christ. Everything else comes from within. If you're struggling to fall pregnant, we can pray for you. And we can see healing because there's power of the healer. But God is not making and deciding who's having children or not. We read that in the Old Testament, but we need to come to the Old Testament with the veil removed. 1 Corinthians 3 says that clearly when we turn to Christ, the veil is removed. And now we read Moses, the Old Testament, and now we see what's really going on. And that's a challenge by itself. Amen? And do ministry school next year. <laughs> if the people in ministry school, they, I see you guys are nodding. You know what I'm talking about. Okay. Where are we going to end this? We need to land the plane. I'm still in the clouds. <laughs> Let me just find a spot. Then we can land. Okay, we were in 11. We've spoken about Hebrews 12 too. We look away from the natural realm and we focus our attention and expectation onto Jesus who birthed faith within us. What do we look at? Not what we can do. Touch not, taste not, see not, is not of the new creation. We look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him. Amen? What are we to consider? It says, who endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. Who's wearied and faint in their minds? Don't put your hand up, but say yes if it's you. Then this is for you. You're not looking unto the fullness of Christ. You're looking at what you can do, what you should add, how you should make God more happy and more appeased and more pleased with you. You're not looking at how Christ has pleased God and that you're now in Him, so everything that's true of Christ is true of you. And then we are at rest. Because we're not longer trying to impress God. We know that we have impressed God. And now we operate from that place. I know my daddy loves me. 
Amen? I know my dad is stronger than your dad. Satan, get out! It's not fasting and it's feasting. (laughs) When the prodigal son came home, what did they do? Did they fast? They feasted. Jesus said, you are hitting many balls out the park today, I'm sorry. Jesus said, the, the, the Pharisees asked, why do you disciples not fast? He said, why would you fast if the bridegroom is here? Okay, now we read that and we think we're going to start fasting when Jesus leaves. You see the problem with the church is we think Jesus left. Where is Christ? In you. So why are you fasting? You should be feasting. Now, if you're fasting food in this natural realm so that you have time and focus to feast on the Spirit, do it. But you not do it to get God to move. You're not doing it to get God to move. Amen. You're doing it to put your body under submission. Then, that, then, then it's good. Then go for it. You don't need to. But if you need to, you need to. <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, but that is not going to help you. Amen? There's a word that says husband and wife should be together except they agree for a time to give themselves to prayer and fasting. The word fasting there is abstinence. It's got nothing to do with food. Because the context means they say they're not going to come together physically for prayer. And abstinence. Yes, they just said we're going to abstain so that we can pray. You see, you need to rightly divide the word. You need to come without your preconceived acceptance and ideas. The cloud in the wilderness directed and protected the Israelites, but they still died in the wilderness, didn't they? I never got there. The cloud in the wilderness was the Lord. There's a verse that that says it so clearly. Um, Exodus 13, 21. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud. Have you ever read that? Your children's Bible didn't give you all the information, did it? And the night, the pillar of fire, to give them light, to go by day and night. I mean, that is just speaking of mission. You're not, you're not resting. You're going in the daytime, you're going in the nighttime. You're going because God is taking you places. Amen? He's leading the way. It speaks of baptism in 1 Corinthians 10, but we're going to skip that. And then we're going to go and land the plane. Amen? Being baptized into Moses couldn't save them. But now we have the fullness of what was promised through and in Christ. Faith's perfection. Now when I was preparing this message, I had this revelation. Okay? And I studied the word and I told Kunrad, I studied for, for, for a quite a number of time. And I, I didn't get the verse that just confirmed my revelation. So what happens then, then I don't share it. Then, it, then I'll, I'll search for the verse because I don't want a revelation that I can't back with scripture. So it would have been a nice Bible study, but it would have been the message for today. Amen? The Lord knows what it would have been. But, we go to Revelation. So I got my revelation from Revelation. So the book of Revelation is what? The revelation of Jesus Christ. Not of dragons and swords and slayers. and It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's the introduction. So, from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness. The first cloud. The hand from the sea that brings the rain. The firstborn from the dead. 
from the sea. From earth, the ruler over the kings of the earth, to whom who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Just have to squeeze the gospel in there, amen? <laughs> you washed, you clean, you forgiven. Not by what you sacrifice. Who sacrificed? Whose blood? His blood. His blood is speaking of his life. Okay, don't get weird with the blood. We have a message for you on that. Verse 7. Behold, he comes with the clouds. And every eye will see him, even they who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Why? They will cry that they murdered the Holy One of Israel. Not that God killed him. Jesus died in the hands of sinners. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto him. God wasn't separate from Christ. God cannot die. But Jesus came into the flesh of man and he died as a man so that he could lift us up into a new creation being. He submitted himself to sin, became sin so that he could overcome sin. And that's the good plan of God. Amen. That's the good news. And know what makes it even better? God is good and God's not going to kill you. Amen. <laughs> and he didn't kill his son. I mean, because how can that be good news? Just watch out for this God. He put all the things on one, on one, on ooh, his son. No, how can that? He didn't. He who knew no sin became sin. Where does death come from? From sin. So when he became sin, he introduced death. He was introduced to death because God cannot die. And then he was overcoming sin. And now it says, oh, death, where is your sting? Amen. Amen? Because death has been swallowed up in victory. You see the clouds here. It speaks of the cloud that comes. Amen? The passion says, behold. Now we started the day and I said, use your imagination. You've forgotten about that already. There's a cloud of witnesses. Behold means look at. So use your imagination and see this. He appears within the clouds. And every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all the people of the earth will weep with sorrow because of him. Why will they weep? Because they will realize what they missed out on. It is like, do you think people cried when it started raining in Noah's day? Why? Because they weren't on the boat. Did God kill people in Noah's day? No. There was a boat. He said, get on the boat. It's going to rain. And they said, no, we're not getting on the boat. Jesus said, well, I'm, God said, I'm a respecter of person, uh, like free will. It's your choice. How many boats do you think God was able to build or have people build? More than the Titanic, isn't it? Enough for every person on earth. But he only needed space for eight, because only eight said yes. Why? Because eight is the number of grace. So those who heard grace, not law, got on the boat. They had faith. Because they've never seen rain before. The word comes here in the Greek, speaks of appears. So it's a revealing. It is in the third person singular present indicative, which means it is a present tense reality. Amen. See where this is going? Not a distant one. Amen. He is not coming. He is appearing. Amen. Where? In the cloud. Us. In you. Amen. In me. Amen. For the world will believe when they see God in us. 
as we reveal Christ in us, what is that? The hope of glory. glory. Thank you, sir. So is the hope of glory Jesus returning on the clouds? No. Just asking. So what are you hoping for? A present tense reality of becoming or appearing. It can be translated, He is in the act of coming and continues to come. He is revealing Himself. Now how can this be? Through the cloud of witnesses. Because the more we add to the cloud, the more there's witnesses taking out the message. And the message is not about me, but about Him. I'm sharing Christ in me with you this morning. One with Him. One with the Father. So we are not going to become one with the Father when Jesus returns. We have become one with Him. He will appear. The word there in the Greek can be, He will be surrounded by the clouds. So He's not going to come like Cupid on a cloud that looks like a spaceship and it's going to come land. No, He is surrounded. He is one with all of us. And we now reveal Him. So He appears continuously to more and more and more people who's never heard the gospel. Can I ask that we stop waiting for a day in some distant future to start living as if God is coming and wake up to the reality that He is inside of us? What do you think is going to change the world? Well, for 2,000 years we've tried the first way of waiting. Where it's happening. Amen. He appears by means of clouds. He appears with the clouds, in between the clouds. How many clouds are outside today? We don't know. It's a great cloud. Many witnesses. One with God. For all eternity. Let's pray. Thank you, Father. Sure. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. I just feel so light. So refreshed. Like You know, the, wor- the world sees clouds and they feel drowsy and, droo- and droopy and feels like a blue Monday. But there's a different side. If you're above the clouds, it's sunny and it's then there's a function and it's to bring life and to bring rain. If you, if you look at it from the other perspective, it says then the Son of Man will come with great power and glory in the clouds. We just went through a series where we spoke of that power and glory that we are carrying. It's the Spirit. Isaiah 60 and verse 8 says, Who are these who soar like clouds? Who are these who soar like clouds? Who are these who live freely and lightly? Amen. Didn't that Jesus say that? No, Jesus didn't say that. The writer of the Message Bible said that. <laughs> he says, but come to me and I will show you how to take a real rest. I will help you live freely and lightly, soaring like the clouds. Lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily besets you and come be 
in the clouds with me. Think about things above, not of things of the earth. Where Christ is now seated in the place of authority with the Father. No longer being meddling on the things of the earth. No longer dust children, but new creations. Stars in the clouds. Amen? That's who we are. That's what I'm prophesying over you. That we should wake up to this reality and start living accordingly. It is a waking up. It is a realization so that we can help other people realize and make Christ visible. It's no longer I who live, but Christ now lives in me. Amen? I no longer live on this earth. I'm just here bringing the message to the people of this earth. Bringing the message of hope, the message of glory. Why? Because Christ is in me and He wants to be in them. He wants to add them to this multitude, this cloud of witnesses. So that more people can be discipled and more people can get saved. Holy Spirit, oh, help us that we wake up and realize what we have. So that we can become effective ministers. Father, that our faith will become effective, powerful, useful, if we will, in Jesus' name. To see healings flow, to see miracles happen, and to see the gospel come like never before. Father, we had enough of religion, of laws, of do's and don'ts, of don't touch this, don't eat that. But we want to see the reality of Christianity manifest in our lives, Father. If you're with me, just stand. I'm standing. I want to see more of the Spirit in operation. I want to see more of God flowing through me. I'm done with playing games and, and, and playing small. I want to see the reality of Christianity manifest. Amen? I want to see what Jesus dreamed of for the church. Amen? I think there's same things that Jesus dreamed of for the church that He prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane that we have not yet tapped into. The Word says that. It's not going to happen if we wait for God. Amen? I think my message... What's my message today? You got it. Go give it. Amen? You can find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.ca And if you're ever in the Stellenbosch area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus find family and experience life. To contact us or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website www.gracelife.ca